Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. What's up, guys? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 233 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am in downtown Los Angeles, my boy, Johnny Sonic Ban. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Man, it's... So cool to have you back on. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, Sonic's been on twice, on episode nine back in the day. Wow. And then again <laughs> in 101. And we were just talking uh, just right now about our experience flying on a private jet. And we we're like, you know what? We got to share this with everyone because that's, that's truly traveling like a boss. Yeah, totally. It's like there's no better way to fly. You know, it's the only way you can really do it. <laughs> yeah. So we want to share this experience with all of you on what it's like. Uh, but also the motivation of getting there because both of us, I mean, did you grow like I knew for, for sure. I never thought in my life I'd be flying even business class. Yeah, no way. I mean, you know, I come from a lower middle class family, you know, didn't you know, we had enough, but didn't have a lot. So, yeah, never could have imagined this type of lifestyle. Yeah. When I first met you in L.A., mm-hmm. Man, you were like you were not balling out at all. Like the opposite of that. Exactly. Yeah, I was struggling. You know, uh, struggle for many years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Remember? Okay. So now we're staying. I'm, I, we're staying at your place, downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Beautiful view. I just went to your uh, your apartment gym, rooftop pool. Mm-hmm. We just got a little tan. <laughs> but when I first met you, you're what were you staying in? Yeah. So when I first came to LA, that was about 2007. I was staying in a studio apartment. Um, and there was three grown men living in one studio apartment and we're all just struggling, trying to get by, you know, and yeah, it's just very humble beginnings. So for for the non-Americans, a studio apartment is a one room apartment, which means no walls. Yeah. Kitchen in the same room as your, where you live and sleep. Yeah, so you're like, did you guys have like f- like four twin beds or like what, what was it? Yeah, we all just kind of took a corner and just set up our beds there. And you could all see each other. You could all see the kitchen. Right. There was no dividers, like no exactly. walls. Yeah, just everybody is in one room living, sleeping, and just trying to survive. And now, like, you're living a good life, this baller place. Yeah, it's amazing. Things can change so quickly. I have a, you know, awesome one-bedroom apartment in downtown LA. Uh, never could imagine living here. And even now, I believe I'm going to have something even better and greater in the very near future, you know? Yeah. And you're traveling a lot now too. Yeah. A lot of traveling uh, business as business increases. Yeah. Uh, hitting more destinations. That's dope. That's dope. All right. So before we get into like the business updates and the travel updates, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for, because you just got back from Mexico. Correct. And then uh, tomorrow you're flying to... To Hawaii. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Both of us are very fortunate to know a guy named JP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him, man, how long ago now? More than 10 years ago. Yeah. No, no way more than 15, way years, more, like yeah. 15 years ago, probably. Right. In San Francisco. And I remember when I met him, he was driving a Honda Accord mm-hmm. and living in a condo. So nothing, nothing fancy, just right. like normal, decent life. And we hit it off and we were just like, you know, became really good friends. Mm-hmm. And... I remember we would always talk about cars. We'd always talk about our dreams and our goals. And I was like, man, like my dream, you know, my dream car was a Ferrari. Yeah. And I was like, if I can, if I can just drive it once, my like before I die, I'll be happy. And he, <laughs> you know, like seriously, I didn't, yeah. I never, my dream wasn't even an own one. I was right. like, man, if I could just drive, <laughs> and I, I thought it was so out of reach, yeah, that I didn't even think that was possible. Mm-hmm. And I asked him what his dream car was, and mm-hmm. he said it was a Porsche 911 Turbo. Mm-hmm. 
and you know both of them are expensive cars yeah. you know the the Porsche is probably what 130 grand and the Ferrari was you know 200 something plus, plus yeah. right 250 plus quarter million dollars mm-hmm. and we were just like you know I, but I could see in his eyes he's like yeah you know like he would just like be so excited just talking about it but like yeah, yeah you know my whole life you know had you know I don't know if he had posters up but he, he dreamed about it right and we would always talk about you know like cool cars and one day after a few months of knowing him uh, I think I was going down to LA for something mm-hmm. and he's like oh I'll be down there too let's hang out you know uh, you can come over to my place and I just you know I get there and I'm like we drive up to this mansion <laughs> with you know this gated mansion in the hills and I was like whose place is this mm-hmm. and he's like oh it's my other place and I was like, well, wait, I thought you live in San Francisco. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I do. Because uh, I got, you know, my, my, my business is out there, mm-hmm. but this is my main house. And then he opens up his garage and there it is. His dream car, yeah. Porsche 911 Turbo. My dream car, the Ferrari. <laughs> I think it was back then it was a 360 Modena. Uh-huh. And then he also had something else, like a, like a big sedan, like maybe right. like a... I don't know if it was a Lexus or Acura or something, mm-hmm. but I didn't even look at it, to be honest. Right. I was just looking at the Ferrari. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want to you know, take it for a spin? And I remember just thinking, like, like really? And he's like, yeah, let, let's go. He gives me the keys. I'm driving around downtown LA. Yeah. And we get to a tunnel. And he's like, all right, like, you know, just, just wait for the light and then floor it through right. the tunnel. Second Street Tunnel? Maybe, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was a long tunnel. Yep. And I was like, all right. So I'm like, it was a manual, too. It was one of the last manual you know stick shift ferraris mm-hmm. and i remember just gutting it through that tunnel and that sound oh, <laughs> yeah. right oh my god it just again it, it just gave me an orgasm <laughs> and it was so inspiring yeah and i and i think having a little taste of it and seeing it's possible that that really inspired me to work hard yeah. and become an entrepreneur myself right yeah that's amazing you know yeah you're right once you get a taste of it it's like wow this is what I, I deserve to have these things. I deserve to enjoy these type of things in my life. And it's totally obtainable. Yeah. And I remember like, like when you first met JP as well, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you were, you're probably still living in that studio, right? Yeah, totally. And he, you know, when you went to his house mm-hmm. and he had this mansion, like, what was your thoughts? Yeah. It was just like, wow. You know, it was so inspirational. It's like, man, you know, from, you know, you gotta think as a guy like me, that was probably one of the poorest people in Los Angeles at that time to be even hanging out with a guy that of that caliber, that, uh, that type of finances. It's just like, wow. And the main thing I realized was, Hey, he's just a regular dude, you know? So like the money, yeah, the money aspect is amazing, but in reality, he's no different than me. It's just that he has the money, right? So yeah, yeah. the house is amazing though, to, to say the least. Yeah, and you know what's really cool? I also learned at that point that like really rich people, like mm-hmm. actual like like super wealthy people, yeah. they don't need to show it off. Right. That's why he had the Honda Accord. Exactly. That's why he just had like a normal condo, and that's why when you see him dress, he's just wearing like jeans, mm-hmm. polo shirt. Yeah. Like nothing fancy. Exactly. You know, like he's you know he's not wearing Armani and Gucci. Exactly. Yep. He don't got no gold chains. Yeah. And what I, that's a good point you bring up. I, what I noticed, the people that are like that, that are like, you know, the um, Mark Zuckerbergs, the uh, Warren Buffetts, Bill Gates, you know, they don't dress all fancy. And I realize it's because they're very secure in who they are. They don't need to show people that they have the money. They know they have the money and it doesn't, re- you know, it's not their identity. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because I think we waste so much money and time and energy mm-hmm. trying to impress other people and convince them that we're worthy or we're exactly. good enough. Mm-hmm. 
and in that time that that time and money we we could have put that towards actually being worthy and being happy exactly yeah and i totally agree and it's like you know i feel like a lot of people even me i guess looking back where i thought okay once i get the money then i'll be uh i'll be i'll be respected or x y and z when in reality i can be respected now i can be fulfilled now i can be complete now before even the money and so it's you know, yeah, granted, I have nice shoes and these things have nice things that I enjoy, but I'm not doing it for others. I get it because I actually enjoy these things. Just like, you know, you have a dream car that you want. You're not going to get that car to impress people. You're getting it because you actually love it. And then impressing people is just another side uh, benefit of that. Yeah. And not even just impressing people. I think a lot of it is sharing it. Right? Yeah. Because if, if JP didn't have that Ferrari, he wouldn't have been able to share that experience with me. Right. And I never would have had that inspiration mm-hmm. of driving it and seeing what's possible yeah. and working hard. So if anything, by him having it, let's say he was so precious with it. And, yeah. and some people are, but mm-hmm. they, especially if they can barely afford that nice car, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. They're like, man, I ain't letting nobody drive right. it because I can't afford to fix it or the maintenance or, you know, if something goes wrong. And so, so they come almost kind of like a fear-based place where for him... He was like, yeah, whatever, just drive it yeah. because it's not, it wasn't, you know, a, a significant portion of his net worth mm-hmm. where he was like barely able to have. It. Exactly. So he was just very generous of, of just saying like, yeah, you're my friend, you know, uh, this would be a positive experience for you. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I share this with you? Right. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Sharing is like really what it's about, you know, letting other people experience, um, you know, the blessings that have come into your life and to really look what it's done to you. It's inspired you. It's you know, motivated you. And it's let you know it's, this is possible just from a simple car ride. Yeah. And, and you know, right, I don't have a fraud to share with people, but I have these experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we were talking about this, I was like, you know what? Let me get the, let me get the mics. Let's share this experience yeah. and this inspiration with everyone listening mm-hmm. because maybe you don't have a JP in your life. Maybe right. you don't have a Sonic in your life to be able to you know, fly in a private jet yeah. or drive a Ferrari or even live in, you know, in a baller place downtown LA. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're dreaming about it. Yeah. And what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is share my network of people, but also the, more importantly, the lessons I've learned from right. being around these people yeah. you know, with all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I to- that, I'm totally with it. Yeah, I love it. So uh, I also think that even though we shouldn't try to impress other people, mm-hmm. We shouldn't do things to go out of our way to offend them or make them uncomfortable. Agreed. All right. So, for example, yesterday uh, I was wearing just a t-shirt and shorts because it's hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually, it was funny. So I guess to, to, to rewind a bit, I was supposed to go come down to LA next week. I was in San Francisco visiting my, my friends and my family. Yeah. And it's a great time, you know, being able to spend time with everyone. And I messaged JP saying, "Hey, I know it's your birthday." next weekend uh, what do you have planned I'm, I'm gonna come down for mm-hmm. it and he's like oh man you know uh, uh I, I wish you would have been here this weekend because i couldn't get the venue i wanted for for the uh, the next weekend so we were doing it this saturday and instead of me having the excuse of saying oh man i already bought a plane ticket mm-hmm. i already have plans i can't make it down i'm gonna skip it yeah i said to him you know what i'll make it happen i'll, I'll, I'll be there awesome <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, well, I got to figure a way down. I don't want to buy another plane ticket because it's another waste of money. Uh-huh. It's kind of last minute. Maybe it's more expensive. Yeah. So I was going to take a bus down. Or and then I messaged him saying, hey, you know, uh, since he has a lot of friends in, in SF, I was like, hey, do you know anyone who's driving down? Maybe I can hop in a ride with mm-hmm. 
And, you know, for me, it's like kind of like a, I think of it as a win-win, right? They get some company, mm-hmm. I'll check for some gas, and, you know, I get to meet some of his friends, yeah. it'll be cool. And he said, oh, I don't know anyone going down, but I'll be in Sacramento <laughs> on the day before, and I'm going to be flying down. If you can, if you can make it up here, uh, th- there is room on the plane. Yeah. And even though it would have been easier for me just to, you know, go, you know, 10 minutes to SF airport mm-hmm. and fly to LA from there. I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity to, you know, hang out with him, uh, you know, a little bit longer, yep. right? Because he's a busy guy, uh-huh. right? And, you know, he has family, but he also, you know, he has kids and he has a business. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is a good excuse to, you know, to hang out before his birthday when it's going to be busy and it's going to be a bunch mm-hmm. of people around. But also, this is my chance to fly in a private jet. Yeah. This is another Ferrari experience for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ferrari experience. I like that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what all of your, you know, Ferrari experiences are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be being able to go to a, you know, a museum that you've always mm-hmm. wanted to, to go, you know, for that, that, that inspiration, or it could be driving yeah. your, you know, your dream car. It can be going to a, you know, a symphony or an opera, or, you yeah. know, whatever it is, right. Or flying on a private jet. But for me, I was like, man, the, flying on a private jet is something that was so out of my realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just flying business class, I thought was out of my realm. Yeah. So, and I used to, I remember, I used to walk by the people in business class mm-hmm. and part of me would want to be like, you know, like, oh, f- you know, fuck these people, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I never let that get to me. I was yeah. never, like, because I see other people, they, they think that sometimes, right? Yeah. They, get, they, they get upset. They're like, oh, why do these guys get aboard first? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's unfair that we're, we're cramped in this cattle class. Yeah. You know, an economy when these guys are sitting and they're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, why do they get their own bathroom? Why do they get this? Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize if it wasn't for the business class and the first class uh, travelers, the price of the economy tickets would be significantly more expensive. Oh, that's a good point. The 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 economics of a of a airline, mm-hmm. even though the business and first class seats only take up thirty percent of the plane. Uh-huh. They make up for 70% of the revenue. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Which means the people sitting in the front, mm-hmm. they're subsidizing or making the, 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 the tickets significantly cheaper for everyone in the economy. Right. Economy is almost just there to fill, fill space. Right. If they could, if they had enough business class travelers, they would make the whole plane business class. Mm-hmm. And then the, the it would be much more profitable. Right. But because there's only a certain amount of people who can afford or are willing to pay, you know, to fly business at first, yeah. they have to fill up the rest of the economy. Right. So if anything, now when I walk by people in business class, I want to thank them. Yeah, I, was like, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my ticket would have been twice as much right. if it wasn't for you. You know what? You, you know, you're doing a good thing for yeah. everyone. Even though people don't respect it, yeah. they don't appreciate it, they don't even know. They're, they're they're doing something good for everyone. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a really good point. It's it's all about the perspective, you know. If people are viewing it in a negative way, then that then their filter that they're seeing the world through is always that negative lens. Whereas you, you're seeing it through a positive lens, and you, it uh, inspires you to get to that level, but also to appreciate or just to even have respect for people that have you know um, that are already there. I guess. Yeah, and a lot of it is inspiration too, yeah. right? So instead of hating on it and being mm-hmm. negative about it, right? You know, I, I go in there, you know, open-minded uh, and wondering, like, you know what? I wonder what these people do. How yeah. do they get up here? You know, are they entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Are they athletes? You know, are they, you know, what, like, instead of just assuming, all oh, they're like spoiled rich exactly. kids. Exactly. Yes. I'm always just curious. And I always want to just talk to them and ask them. And I was always afraid, to be uh-huh. honest. I was always afraid to, like, you know, talk to them. Yeah. But now, when I'm sitting up there, I'm like, you know what? 
why aren't all these people, t- you know, at talking to me? Mm-hmm. Because I would love to give them some free, free advice. Yeah. And I think most people, you know, who are wealthy or made, especially if they kind of came up from nowhere, right? They're happy to give, give some good advice. Exactly, I agree. And it's like kind of went back to it's like when I realized, hey, JP is just like me. Only difference is he has he's he's got the finances at that point, but he's no different than us. It's just regular dude started middle class and you know got to a certain level. So yeah, they're just regular people. You know, so I feel like a lot of times when we come from an area where we did, never had much finances, and then we come in contact with someone with great finances, we instantly put them in a whole another category. Um, I guess just in general, right? We assume they're such different people than us when in reality they're not. Yeah. I agree because you know he didn't have money from his parents or exactly. anything. You know, like you know, we probably shouldn't get too much into his personal life, uh-huh. but I mean, he he's an entrepreneur. Yeah, he has multiple businesses, and some of them are just like mundane businesses, mm-hmm. like car dealership. Right? I think, didn't he start as a used car salesman? Yeah, I think, yeah, he was a car salesman at one point. Yeah, so I mean, this is something that really anybody can do. Yeah, you know, you just have to be you know open minded, mm-hmm. work hard, yeah. make the right connections, right. and I think a big part of it is. He's just a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's very generous. Mm -hmm. He's very, like, just a positive guy. Yeah. That attracts other generous, positive people that want to be around him. Definitely, yeah. The more uh, positive you view, the more positive filter that you're looking at the world through attracts more positive people to you. Because positive people don't hang out with negative people. We just don't don't do that. We want to be around other positive people because negative people draw too much energy from us so yeah you're exactly right positivity attracts more positivity i, I absolutely agree and i can see that in your life too yeah. like like everyone i met through you all your friends all mm-hmm. the people you, you spend time with they're all really cool people yeah and yeah you're that's right because like i only i will only spend time with positive people if anybody is negative not that i have anything against them but i'm i'm not going to allow them to be around me on a regular basis you know, if it's I, a drain, right? It's just such a drain. You know, we have limited energy every day. So, like, I don't, want, I don't want to waste any energy. I don't want to squander my energy. I agree. And I think this is the hard part about being online is it seems like the, the, the negative people have way more time on their hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they have time to just uh, troll other people's posts and just, like, it, it baffles me sometimes. People just want to leave negative comments on like certain posts that got nothing to do with them. It's like, why even comment? Just you know, keep scrolling. Yeah, or go out and do something. Right. <laughs> and I think this is why I like meeting people in person so much mm-hmm. and going to live events, yeah. especially paid events, because mm-hmm. it's a filter. Yes. Like you don't see very many negative trolls at a paid event in person. Exactly. I mean, first they'll probably get punched in the face if they act <laughs> the way they do online. Right. But second. They're not willing to spend a hundred bucks or travel somewhere, yeah. and to go network and meet other people yeah, and invest in their own self, yeah, yeah. And this is why I love putting on the Nomad Summit every year. Mm-hmm. This is why the Invest Like a Boss Summit is coming up. I don't know if you guys will hear this before it comes up, but it's going to be the weekend of September twenty eighth here in LA. Uh, Sonic's to be coming out here. Yeah, don't miss it, guys. It's going to be great. Yeah, so we're going to have you know my network of investors and entrepreneurs out there you know so whether you guys are just getting started or if you're already just trying to add another income stream or another investment in a stream it's going to be it's going to be cool it's going to be just a nice event yeah no sales pitches or anything um and thanks we're gonna have a bunch of free stuff out there too so you your company's gonna be providing yeah grass-fed butter coffee so yeah don't miss it you'll be able to try um if you never had grass-fed coffee before we'll have some there and yeah come out be glad to give out free samples yeah, it's it's basically you know uh, like if you guys ever had bulletproof coffee, I love it. I I drank it for years, but it always takes like 
takes so much time to yeah. make. You know, you got to make the coffee, you got to melt the butter, uh, you got to put the MCT oil, you got to blend it. You know, even finding grass-fed butter is kind of hard. Yeah. So with grass-fed coffee, it, it's it's prepackaged. Yeah, it saves you so much time in the morning. You just grab it, shake it, and then open it, ready to go. Yeah, so that's going to be dope. We're going to have a bunch bunch of that there uh, for free to just try out. And then Pure Street is hosting the event, and they're providing lunch for us. So what? We're gonna, yeah. Oh, that's lit. So everyone there is going to have free lunch. Uh, we got MLG Capital. Uh, they're, I think they're providing some drinks and beers. Nice. It's a good event. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of dope people out yeah. there. So um, come out. You know, you guys can learn a lot and, and meet us, hang out with us. But I want to talk about your first experience flying private. What, what, what was it like? Walk me through it. Okay, yeah. So uh, this was probably back in 2014. I had just come back to Los Angeles. Um, I was living in Indianapolis before that. Came, Sold my businesses. Came back out to L.A. in 2014. And... Um, I was working uh, with my current business partner now, and I was staying at his place, and he wanted me to shadow him kind of through the day, kind of see what his you know workflow is like, what his day is like, and so we had to catch a flight to um, I believe it was Sacramento, and um, you know he was at we were staying out in uh, the Pacific Palisades near Santa Monica, and we're already late for the flight, right? The fl- is, uh, flight's supposed to take off at I don't know maybe like 9 a.m. Okay, so on a commercial flight. If it takes off at 9 a.m. Yeah, you got to be there at least by, what, 8, 7.30? 7.30 or yeah. 8, right? Uh, you got to drive out there, try to find parking yeah. at the airport, and then you got to go Factor through... Factor TSA, you know, security, checking in, all that stuff. You know, it was at least a like, 40-minute process. And that's not a pleasant experience. Yeah, it's not fun. Especially in the morning, especially in LAX. Right. People are stressed. People are pissed off. You know, nobody's happy. Right. You know, TSA... It's not happy. Yep. Security's never happy. The you know people just just you know it's just not a nice. It's not experience. fun. Yeah, it's not okay. fun. And so you know I think we we were like supposed to take off in like thirty minutes. I'm like, what? How are we gonna make this flight? You know? <laughs> we're gonna be late. We're gonna miss yeah, it. Right? We're, gonna, we're gonna be late. Yeah. If you sh- if you leave your house thirty minutes before a yeah. commercial flight, there's zero way you're gonna make right. it. Right. And so we hop in the car. We're running late. We're do you remember which car? It yeah, was? I believe it was this Porsche uh, GT3. Porsche GT3. Nice. I, li- I, like, I like that. And so we're in there. We're flying, like just zipping through traffic on the freeway. I think we're on like the 405, just <laughs> zipping through traffic. We, pu- we finally get to the uh, private airport. We pull up. Gate slides open. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then we, we pull up. And I, I believe we're probably like five minutes late. The flight, uh, flight was supposed to take off five minutes before. But it, on a normal flight, it would have been gone. It would have been gone, yeah. They're not waiting for anybody, right? But when, you, when you're flying private, they'll wait for you. They wait for you. And so, yeah, the gate opens. We pull in. And then as soon as we pull up, the pilot and, like, uh, a couple other people just run out, grab our bags, throw it on the plane. And then someone hops in the, in the Porsche and goes, parks it. And we, just, we walk up and get into the flight. Next thing I know, five minutes later, we're in the air. That's dope. It was amazing. So no security. No security. No ID check. Didn't even have to check no bags in. We just – everybody – they're all just basically serv- servicing you the whole time. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Okay. So my experience the first time was yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was ironic because I was on a $10 inner city bus called <laughs> Flix Bus. Uh-huh. If anyone's ever taken that, it's kind of like Mega Bus yeah. or Greyhound. And I was going to take that bus to LA 
but it's gonna be like a you know with t- with traffic it's usually like eight nine hours mm-hmm. you're on the bus with, with some crackheads and kind of like a, <laughs> like a real mix of people yeah, right? you don't know what you're gonna get yeah <laughs> and you probably get a little bit of everyone yeah right you might have some people in the back smoking weed like you know listening to music on their phone yeah. like out loud someone all the converse having a conversation the whole time yeah um, there was a dog sitting next to me <laughs> You know, people would cry, baby, everything, right? But it's, it's interesting. I like being around kind of eclectic people because yeah. these are just real people. Sure. And I was going to take it to LA, but then JP was like, no, no, just take it up to Sacramento uh, or take the train up to Sacramento mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and you can hop in the, the, the plane with us. And I was taking it up there and I was like, man, I don't even know where this airport is, right? Because it's not the normal. Yeah, it's a private airport. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm messaging him when I'm uh, on the bus. And actually, mm-hmm. this is a good point where. Our plane was supposed to take off at 5.30, uh-huh. and there was a bus that would arrive at 5. So that would make sense, right? Right. But I was like, you know what? Just in case it's going to be late, I'm going to take the earlier one at 1. So yep. I'm going to get there two hours early. Smart. And I think a lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah. They would just be like, you know what? Why would I get there two hours early? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to inconvenience someone, especially if they're doing me a favor. Man, very, very wise. Yeah. And also, I'm like, I don't want to stress myself. Yeah. Like, why, why put myself in a stressful situation just because I'm afraid to be by myself for two hours and uh-huh. have to find something to do? Right. I think this is what's so nice about being a location-independent entrepreneur is I have my laptop. There's Starbucks everywhere. <laughs> right. There's car shop- shops everywhere. Yeah. Worse comes to worse. I just pull up there and I work for two hours mm-hmm. and then I go to the airport. Exactly. So, or I even get to the airport early and just hang out there. Right. So luckily I went early because there was an accident on the freeway. So it was an hour and a half delay. Wow. Really? It was crazy. So instead of being a two hour drive, it was a three and a half hour drive. Ah. And also JP said, Hey, we got done with our meetings early. We're going to take off early. Mm. That's another cool thing about flying private Yeah. is sometimes, you know, if there's not another flight uh, going, you can just, you can just go early. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Yeah, they fly when you fly. Yeah. So I messaged him saying, you know, uh, hey, uh, I'm you know, 25 minutes away on, um, on the bus. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be, the bus stop will be at 5th and W in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll pick you up. I'm at the <laughs> bus stop and I'm just talking to people there and just normal people, right? Yeah. There was like someone who works as a server at like Applebee's or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone else who... You know, it's visit. You know, visiting a friend. Like, like you know, everyone's on a ten dollar bus, so nobody's you know, nobody's rich, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, this black Mercedes Sprinter van pulls up, and it's huge. If anyone's ever seen one, it's what people use to convert into tiny home on wheels. Yeah, you can literally stand up inside of it, right? Yeah, you can yeah. stand up inside. They're, they're like over. I think they're like six foot three inside or something. Wow. So they're pretty pretty tall. You have yeah. some headspace. Maybe six one, six two. And he had converted it into a mobile office. Man, that's boss. So you, the door slides open, right? There's a dude in a full suit. That was his in-house so console, dope. right? Uh, he had a CFO yep. uh, in the seat, and then JP was like, "Hey, Johnny, what's up?" Yeah. And then there's a, there's a then there's a driver, uh-huh. right? Because it's chauffeured. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's nice looking, yeah. right? So luckily. I had ch- you know changed out of my you know sweaty T-shirt that I've been in the whole day. Yep. I actually just changed at the bus stop. I put on a, a black polo shirt, uh-huh. and luckily, also my instead of having like you know some crappy um, you know homeless looking you know backpack, I had this black duffel bag. Yeah. So even though I'm going from a cheap bus or kind of traveling the world with carry on only, uh-huh. I still have my life, so I can look presentable and not. 
offend other people or make them, you know, uncomfortable. And then, you know, I, I don't want to say uncomfortable because it's like, and, and, you know, at some point, it shouldn't matter that much uh-huh. how you dressed, right? right? But it kind of does. It does, yeah. Right? Like, if other people are in a suit, you know, you can't walk up in a tank top. And just, right. it's, it's just, it's, it's like not fitting for everyone. Exactly. You know, and it's hard to explain, like, because, you know, I, I think on some uh, on one one hand, uh, people are like, "Well, why should you care what other people think, uh-huh. right?" Or why does clothes matter? But at the same time, if you want to be part of society, you know, you can still be comfortable. Yeah, but you gotta have you have to have clean clothing. Right. right? You gotta yeah understand what where you're at and need to fit into where you're trying to be at. Yeah, and you know, and not even trying to impress others. Yeah, but just like be a normal part of society. Exactly. You can't smell bad. Right. You can't look all raggedy, mm-hmm. right? And this is why I like having this duffel because even though it it turns into a backpack, yeah, it also just looks like a nice black duffel bag, right? And I put on you know the merino wool black polo shirt that I travel with, so all of a sudden I'm there fitting in, even though these guys are in suits, exactly. You know, and you were just in a t-shirt moments before, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, I, and it's you know, and then I had changed out of this sweaty t-shirt into yeah. like a nice clean polo, yeah. Like, and that's it, you know, and. What's really cool about the Sprinter van is it's their mobile office. Right. So instead of them just being in a normal car where it's loud and, you know, it's kind of hard to talk to each other, uh-huh. the seats are facing each other. So there's four captain's chairs with a table in the middle that pulls down. That's so dope. There's internet on there, plugs on there. There's a fridge on there. So in between meetings where they're driving around mm-hmm. or even from the airport, they can have their laptops out. They can get on conference calls. Yeah. They can have a business meeting. Yeah, they don't have to go into like a Starbucks to try to <laughs> find a place to sit and get some free Wi-Fi. Yeah, I love it. And what I really like about JP is even though you know he has a lot of money and he can afford to buy things, especially you know it's a it's a company car, mm-hmm. right? So he could afford to spend more. He also likes a good value. Yes, he doesn't like getting definitely. ripped off. Yeah. So he was telling me and he was really proud of saying this he's like yeah, yeah. like I, this is the one I wanted yep. and here in LA it was $200,000 uh-huh. cuz it's this kitted out conversion right. van and he's like yeah but in Houston it was 120,000 wow 80,000 less yeah so he's like yeah I just bought it in Houston I had right. it shipped over man that's dope yeah cuz he's he's a type of guy he only does things if they make sense right so yeah he's always going to find the best value he's not going to overpay for anything you know yeah so that's that's a great quality to have yeah, and even flying private because he used to fly Southwest Airlines oh, yeah. exclusively. Right. And the only reason why he stopped was because I think they changed CEOs who and they they stopped prioritizing being on time. They started priori- prioritizing profits. Uh-huh. So, you know, his time is valuable yes. as is his staff. Yeah, he can't be late to certain things. Yeah, he can't be late. And he also doesn't want to get home, you know, the middle of the night and then be exhausted and not have right. time with his family so for him it was he was like you know what southwest was a good value they used to run on time yeah so we used to fly them but now they're no longer efficient mm-hmm. so you know he values his time and his, his employees time more than he does the money right so it's like right well we're flying private now. exactly yeah that's awesome so uh we put we're in this sprinter van getting to know everyone and just like you, we pull up to the private airport. We we drive up right next to the plane, mm-hmm. and the captain <laughs> is waiting for us. Yeah. Shakes our hand, uh, and I have my 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 luggage there. And I was like, oh, you know, let me just go. Like, I think all four of us want to use the ba- the bathroom, uh-huh. even though there's a, a bathroom on the plane. Yeah, we're just like, oh yeah, let's just go in here real quick. We go inside, 
and I come out, my, my baggage, my luggage is gone. I was like, oh crap, what happened to it? <laughs> and the captain's like, no, no, it's on the plane already. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> and we just walked straight out to the terminal. I mean, it just straight out on the tarmac. It was like 20 feet away. Yeah. So it's like, you know, just right there. Right. And of course, you got to take a photo yeah. <laughs> before you go on. You must. <laughs> you have to. And I think that's also what's cool about JP, but also all the guys, is they're just super down to earth. Yeah. And they're also like, yeah, it's your first time flying private. You have to take a photo. Right. You know, it's not like they look down at you like, oh, you haven't flown yeah. private before. Yeah. They know it's a, an experience for you. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they love sharing this experience. Yeah. I think that's what's really cool about generous people. Yeah. Is instead of them looking down on people who haven't had it, uh-huh. they want to be able to share this experience with everyone yeah. else. And they know what it felt like the first time they did it. Right. So they're like, no, no, no. Like, you know, Johnny, you've got to take a photo. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and like, you know, and then we get in and the captain, you know, gives a little briefing and he's like, oh, you know, you guys want a beer before takeoff? Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, we do. So they bring out this craft, you know, California beer. Yeah. It was delicious. We're sitting there. You know, you don't got to wait for nobody. Like, you know, like sometimes you get on a commercial flight. And you got to wait for your turn on the to take off. So it might be like 20, 30, yeah. 40 minutes there, just waiting around. Everybody's like, you know, fighting for space. Mm-hmm. It's just uncomfortable, right? Here we have our own, you know, four captain's chairs facing each other so we can have a conversation. Yeah. We're having our beers and we take off and it's fun. Right. It's exciting to, to go up. And as soon as we get up, they're like, you, you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, what? actually I am. Yeah. Did, did they have food on, on, on your first flight? Do you remember? Uh, that first one, no. It, that was a smaller plane. But then, uh, yeah, I've been on other ones when I flew uh, L.A. to New York where, yeah, we had plenty of food on there. Nice. What was the food like? Uh, it, it was kind of like, it was really good. It's like, yeah, we had like salads. I can't even fully remember what we had. Um, but yeah, I remember it was really good. Yeah, so on ours, we had uh, Chinese chicken salad. Uh-huh. Then we had salmon and chicken and also oh, sirloin. Awesome. Uh and then we had, what else did we have? We had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. We had some breads and everything. And I think the only downside, I don't even, you know, it's not even really a downside, but because it's a short flight and it's yeah. a small plane, everything was cold. So it's cold salad. It's right. no hot food. But still, it was, it was yeah. dope. And then we had um, chips and guacamole yep. and salsa. Uh, and we had a full bar open. Like, did, did you have some drinks on the plane? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Actually, how many times have you flown private now? Uh, I think like three times now. Nice. Yeah. And out of those three, what was the, the best experience? Do you remember? Best one was probably LA to New York. Yeah, because it was a long flight, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It was, and it was so comfy, you know. It's just like, man, it's, when you're flying long flights and you can stretch out, walk around, it makes a huge difference in like how you feel when you get there. You know, you're not drained. Because, you know, when you're sitting in a tight seat, it, it requires a lot of energy to keep that posture and it's uncomfortable. So, you don't really get the like relax and rest on a flight whereas yeah. on private you can yeah i like it and so, so the reason why we're sharing this with you is not not to brag mm-hmm. but hopefully to first give everyone kind of an idea of what it's actually like yeah but also to maybe help inspire everyone yep because now i'm inspired right, right. now i'm like you know what i want to have the option to be able to fly private sometimes yeah you know, especially if it makes sense. Exactly. You know, business-wise or time-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to think like, no. Because I think a lot of people, they lie to themselves saying, like, I don't need that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's just, you know, that's a waste of money. And mm-hmm. it's expensive. It is, yeah. Right? I don't want to ever have that mentality of thinking, like, I don't want that because it's out of my reach. Exactly. I want to have the mentality of being inspired to saying, you know what? I want to have that be an option. Yes. I want to have, I want to, I, I see the value in it. Right. And I want to be able to do it if I want and have the option of not, of not doing it. Right. And understanding the benefits of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because there are benefits. Definitely. You know, and it's almost the same as I remember when I first saved up to buy my, my gold watch. Uh huh. I had that challenge, the gold watch challenge. Right. I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If I can get to be a Thai millionaire, so 30,000 US dollars net worth uh-huh. in savings, I'll retire. You know, I was kind of air quotes, but it was more like I knew that if I had that amount, I can I cannot stress anymore. I knew I had a buffer. Right. I knew if I needed to, I can live cheaply in Thailand for the next five years, maybe even 10 years. Yeah. You have a cushion. I have a cushion. And that, was, to me, was retirement. I never have to take another job out of fear. Right. I can work on my business. I can work on my passions and be like, you know what? I have time. Yeah. And I remember I was going to buy an expensive watch when I got the 30000 I thought, you know what? It's not – it wouldn't be uh, – it wouldn't be inconceivable to spend 10% of that. So $3,000 to buy a nice watch. Uh-huh. And it wouldn't even really be you – know, like, you know, I still have 27000 left, so it's fine. And I remember shopping for it. I was looking at different watches – you know, tag hoyers, and I was like, oh, maybe I could buy like a, you know, a cheaper Rolex or, yeah. you know, something. And then I was like, you know what? The the one I actually really like, the, the best design and style is this Citizen watch. And it wasn't even, it was less than 200 bucks. It was like 150 or $170, yeah. but it was exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's a good brand. It's, it's reliable. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this. And I was like, all right, you know, when I hit my next goal, I think my next goal was... 50,000 or something. I was like, oh, then I'll buy another watch. Yeah. And then the next goal was 100,000. I was like, I'll buy another watch. And I've actually never bought another watch. Yeah. I still have that same gold watch. Yep. Yeah, I'm a lot like you. It's just like, I only get what I need, right? So like, yeah, you don't, do you really need more than one watch? Maybe yes or no, but for you, you didn't need one. Yeah, and the thing is, a lot of people don't realize, even though it's not a big item, it's still something else I have to carry. Mm-hmm. And think about. Exactly. Like, I don't want to have to stress about having a 1,000 or $3,000 yes. watch. That I can lose or right. get stolen or get robbed. Yeah, you can't even enjoy it because you're so concerned about all these other factors. So, yeah, you get something that you don't have to put too much worry into. Yeah, and now, I mean, like, seriously, sometimes, like, when I'm, like, typing on my laptop, I'll take off my watch. Uh-huh. And then I'll go to the bathroom or something. And sometimes I, I just leave it there next to my laptop. Yeah. And I forget. And instead of being in the, in the bathroom stressed out, thinking, mm-hmm. oh, crap, someone's going to steal my $10,000 watch. Yeah. My AP right. or my Rolex. I'm just like, oh, you know, I hope it doesn't get stolen. Right. But if it does, it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot with people that have like really nice cars, right? And, um, you know, they just, they can't even fully enjoy it because they have to drive it so cautiously and like they're always worried about it getting dinged and all, you know, it's like you can, they can't even enjoy what they spent so much money on because they're always stressed about it. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And like, I think if you don't daily drive, well, not even daily drive, but like, you know, if you don't have the option to be able to daily drive your car, uh-huh. you probably shouldn't own it. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. I think it's pretty dope that I remember uh, I went to JP's house and his garage was full. I think he, I think he only has what, a three, three car garage or something. Uh-huh. And so he had to park his Ferrari on the street. <laughs> And I was like, what? Like, what else is in this garage right. that you have to par- park your Ferrari on the street? But I thought the funniest thing was the last time we hung out, we went to this Korean restaurant that has that soup. What, what, do you know what that soup is called? Oh, yeah. What was it? That was uh, uh, so tang. Bone broth. Yeah, bone broth. Yeah, it's really good. Korean dish. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. I go there frequently. It is so good. And it's not expensive. It's not expensive, yeah. It's like $8. Yep. And it's so healthy because you mm-hmm. have the, the minerals from the bone right. that, that comes out. You get all yeah, the calcium. Very flavorful. Yeah. And it's good for hangovers. Yeah, definitely. It's good if you're sick. Mm-hmm. It just tastes good. Yeah. A lot of collagen in it. Good for skin and hair. Yeah. yeah. That's how Koreans look so young. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a secret. Yeah. They, they eat a lot of that. 
It was called what? What was it called? Salang Tang. So if you want to order it, just scream out, Ajima! Salang Tang! Right. Which means what? Like, uh, old, old lady? Yeah. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah, don't, don't scream that yeah. unless you're drunk and Korean. Right. Oh, did I ever tell you? I, I did my 23andMe for my DNA test to see what my ethnicity was. Oh, yeah. What, how'd that turn out? Turns out I'm 5% Korean. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you're Chinese, and so, yeah, I think Koreans, basically, they come from the Chinese people. Yeah, but also, my, I think my dad was born on the border of Korea and China. Interesting. And, but he moved to Taiwan when he was like two, uh-huh. the war. But, yeah, so basically, and my last name, it, the way it's written, uh-huh. uh, write it real quick yep. for you right now. Do you, do you know that word? Uh, no. It it's, uh, means gold. Interesting. So in Korean, it's Kim. Interesting. So when people see it, uh-huh. they're always like, why do you have a Korean last name? And I was like, it's not. It's, it means it's gold. It's uh, Jing uh-huh. or Gum in Cantonese. Yeah, and it turns out, like, I think we're all kind of from the same Connected, ad- yeah. yeah. Makes sense. But I also got a bit of Mongolian in me. Uh-huh. Probably explains why I got the beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look like right. Genghis Khan a bit. All right. Yeah. Did you ever do your DNA test? Uh, no, I never have. Yeah, but I mean, you definitely look Korean, so. Yeah. But I'd, I'd be curious if you have like a, a percentage of something else in you Yeah, too. I'm sure, you know, we all are probably mixed with a little bit of something, you know, yeah. And the funny thing is most Asians don't do it because yeah. first, uh, I think we, we can kind of trace our ancestors a bit, bit better. Yeah. But also the current results for 23andMe aren't very good for Asians because there's not enough people doing it. Ah, interesting. So they need more of a... Um more more people to do yeah. it. Yeah. While like for example, if you're like tenth generation or fifth generation, uh-huh. you know, white American, you like you're curious. You're like, oh yeah, I, heard, I think I have a bit of Italian in me. Right. I think I have a bit of Croatian in me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. Yeah. So they're so such a big sample size. But right. I feel like you know I'm just kind of contributing to you know I'm an early adopter. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> try to help people out. That's awesome. How much is that test? It's not even expensive. I think. It's less than 200 bucks. Not bad. And you just spit, you just spit into it. Uh-huh. And I think every, every big holiday, every like Thanksgiving, uh-huh. every like Black Friday, every whatever, it, it goes on sale. It goes yeah. like half off. That's amazing. Just from saliva, they can trace all that information. Yeah. It's dope, right? Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I think everyone should do it. Just yeah. like, just, just to know. Yeah. But also, they, they'll give you some uh, health markers too. So they'll say, uh-huh. you know, you, you got to watch out for... Um, diabetes you yeah. gotta you know you specifically have to watch out for dementia or whatever it right. is that is cool yeah so you can change your health from that yeah interesting like all right so uh back on the plane all right <laughs> <laughs> i remember man the food was so good so weird and it was it was open bar and yeah. they had top shelf drinks too right they had gray goose they had like a 12 year old whiskey they had all this good stuff uh-huh. but it was just i think it was just like a nice feeling of being in the sky by yourselves you know, not having, you know, screaming kids, not having like someone right next to you yeah. that you don't know. I think it's it's something inspirational. Yeah, you're just very comfortable throughout the whole process. Yeah, I mean, you land, you're not stressed. Like it doesn't feel like you wasted your your day. Yeah, you know, going through the TSA security check. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta go pick up your luggage because right. I mean, your luggage is right next to you on the plane. Yeah, the t- being around a ton of people. Yeah, it's just. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. And as soon as you land, instead of going through, you know, the airport again, yeah. somebody's got to get a bus just to get to the mm-hmm. terminal. Then you got to go through all this crap. Then you go pick up your luggage. 
do you like when you get off the plane what do you see uh your vehicle yeah <laughs> you just hop in the car head it home yeah but when we landed well one of the guys he had his range rover right there uh-huh. jp had his tesla right and actually what's dope is on the plane because it has wi-fi he opened the sunroof of his Tesla to like <laughs> vent out the, the right. heat, and he, and you can uh, put the AC yep. on too, so you can be like, oh, I want it on seventy two. Yeah. So when I get and when in, when I jump in, it's already ready. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah, technology, man, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. So and like right there, he's in his car and he's driving home to see his kids. Yeah. He dropped me off uh, on the way, and what was actually funny, so. The weird things, if you follow my Instagram stories, uh, Johnny FDK, if I don't follow it. What, what, what's your Instagram? Uh, Johnny Ban, J O H N N Y B A N. Cool. And if they want to uh, follow Grass Fed Coffee to see where you, where you guys are at. Yeah, Grass Fed Coffee. On Instagram? Oh, yeah, yeah cool. So I was Instagram storing you know, my experience. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I, I was looking back on it. And at first, I was on the, on the, on the bus, the $10 bus, yeah. the ghetto bus. Right. And I was like, I was showing that, you know, there's a dog sitting on the, the seat next to me <laughs> and I'm on this ghetto bus. Yeah. And then the very next uh, story, mm-hmm. without an explanation or a transition, I'm on a private jet. Right. And people are like, what is happening, <laughs> right? And then what was really funny was when I got dropped off in, in West LA, kind of on the way uh, back to JP's house, yeah. I was going to take a Uber or a Lyft. But it was rush hour, mm-hmm. so was, there's traffic in L.A. Yeah. And then you live downtown, which is East L.A., and it was going to be like $70 to take an Uber. Right. Or 40 dollars to take a, the pool, which you got to wait for yeah. other people. And it's basically like being on the bus anyways. Right. You're, like you're, you're sitting sharing, in traffic, yeah. Yeah. You're sharing transportation and you're sh- uh, sitting in traffic. And I think some people would, especially in L.A., would just refuse to take public transport. Right. Like, like – what percentage of people in LA do you think that that have never taken public transport or refused to? Oh man, I would just a guess. I would probably say probably like eighty percent. I I don't think I ever knew anyone. Yeah. When I the five years I lived here that ever took a bus. Yeah. And part of it is laziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, everybody has a car. Yeah. Right. But I think even if they didn't, they were just they were like, no, like I'm I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm, I'm above that. I'm above that. <laughs> right. Well, I don't want to be seen on the bus. Yeah. Or you know, I'm I like my you know I don't have the yeah like I don't want to deal with it yeah. right. But I was like, you know what? I can take a bus for three dollars and actually be faster mm-hmm. because I'll take a bus to the metro, which is the train, right. and then the train cuts through the traffic. So yep. I was like, this is actually more efficient. It's faster. It's better for the environment and it's cheaper. Yeah, it's just better. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. So the very next uh, IG story, I'm on a public bus. Right. <laughs> Just getting off of the private jet. Yeah. So my day went from, you know, uh, inner city uh-huh. uh, the Flix bus to the kind of, you know, the the Sprinter van right. with the private drivers, basically limousine, yeah. to a private jet, mm-hmm. to a Tesla Model S P100D, right. the, 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 the top, top dog, line yep. one, to public bus again. Right. Yeah. And that's what's cool about us. It's like... Anywhere you put us, we're going to build a, we'll be fine. You know, like, you know, I'm in the hood all the time. Then I'll be in like, you know, a multi-million dollar mansion. It's like, you know, we could, we come from, you know, these beginnings. So it's like nothing is new to us and we can always adapt to any environment. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's a, a really good quality to have. Yeah. Because some people, like they can only have life one way. Exactly. And I think that holds people back. 
Big time, yeah. Like that's what I, I feel. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge part of my just uh, success throughout life. Is yeah, you could put me in any situation and I'm comfortable. You know, even like you know, even if I can enjoy luxury stuff for a long time, I've been at the bottom. So if I go back to like being in something that's not so luxury, it's totally fine because I've been there before. I'm, it's not a, it's not shocking to me. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think one of the best things I've ever done mm-hmm. is live extremely cheap for many years in right. Thailand because I was living for six hundred dollars a month, and I was okay. It wasn't you know it wasn't super comfortable. It definitely wasn't luxury. Yeah, but I know that even though I don't necessarily want to move back to that, exactly. that lifestyle, I could. Yeah, if you had to, you could do it. Yeah, and I'll be fine. Right. And I think knowing that and being okay with taking a, a public bus once in a while, yeah. you know, being okay with staying at like the cheapest Airbnb or even in a, in a hostel, yeah. knowing, knowing that I can do it once in a while, first off, it resets my expectations, mm-hmm. so I don't always feel entitled for things. Exactly. But also, I think it helps you connect with just normal people. Yeah. And... It makes your life just easier. I think so. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Because I, I really believe that in the next, what, I don't know, two, three, four, five, ten years, I don't know how long it's going to take, but both of us are going to be even more successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see you having your own private jet. Yeah. You know, and, but I can also see you being the same person. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the great thing. Like when our, when your identity is not rooted in your success or, you know, all these other things, Money will never change you because you already know who you are, right? I feel like the people that get changed by money, they don't know who they are yet. So they're, they're being defined by all these external factors, right? So what, like us, I, I would never, if you became, uh, you know, just had multi-millions coming in, yeah, you're going to be the same person. I know that, you know? I'll probably still take the bus once in a exactly, while. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of people may not even know you're a multi-millionaire, right? It's just because you're just going to be you. It's just, you're the same person. I think that's what's cool, though, about just talking to everyone because when you're on a bus or you're you know on a plane Mm -hmm. talk to the person next to you because you never know who you're going to meet exactly yeah and maybe there will be that down-to-earth multi-millionaire totally that can become a mentor Mm -hmm. or give you some business advice because jp has given me a lot of business advice yeah and you know he was just some guy that was driving a honda accord right yeah totally so i want to share a couple of those tips with everyone just because maybe you guys don't have access to a mentor who's been very successful, mm-hmm. you know, who's a multi-millionaire. I remember him telling me a couple tips for business. Yeah. All right. One of them, he said, never deal in a penny business. And what that means is, if the 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 decimals matter, you the 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 price point's not high enough. Yeah. You know, this is why I never got into selling uh, on AliExpress mm-hmm. or any of these kind of you know high volume cheap things yeah. because if you're doing a free plus shipping model. And it matters that you're getting ninety nine cents or six ninety nine versus six dollars uh-huh. per item. That's a business that it's too much. It's too. It's too much stress. There's too many small moving parts. Right. Right. It's much better to sell products that are three hundred to a thousand or yeah. three thousand plus dollars. Right. Big orders, less customers. Right. Less to deal with, and that's why with drop shipping, I do Anton's method, which is the high ticket items. Mm-hmm. So. It's unfortunate that most people now associate dropshipping with selling these crap, you know, penny things on AliExpress. Right. You're buying it for $0.39, cents, trying to sell it for $6.99. Yeah. Versus with Anton's method, the bare minimum products are $300. Mm-hmm. Most of my products were 800 to $3,000. Right. And that was a huge part. That's why, you know, I, I met Anton. Anton was my second mentor, actually. Uh-huh. So JP was my first mentor. Yeah. Uh, 
and he kind of instilled these values. Right. When I met Anton, and I saw that he had a course, and if you guys want to check it out, it's AntonMethod.com. When I saw that his style was don't sell these cheap items, don't deal with cheap customers, mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? This fits what JP taught me. Yeah. This is what I'm going to pursue, and that worked for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, just uh, yeah, basically what, John, what JP was like saying, high profitability. You know, he gave me um, three different factors when starting a business. Number one is high profitability. You got to be able to make a lot of money from it. Yeah. What was the second one? Do you remember? Uh, second one was uh, high barrier to entry. Yeah. He gave me these same th three yeah. points. I like this. Yep. All right. So when you drop ship on AliExpress, mm -hmm. everyone else can do the same thing. Right. People like it because it's easy. Right. You don't got to call nobody. You can you don't even got to email nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you can just start selling it. Right. People always want that easy startup. Mm -hmm. but the problem is it's easy for everyone else too. Exactly. And then it gets over flooded and then nobody's making anything. <laughs> yeah. And this is why sometimes it's good when when there's a high barrier of entry. Yeah. Because it's high for everyone else. Right. Even with my type of drop shipping, even though it's relatively easy to get started, mm -hmm. you don't have to have a ton of money for inventory and things like that. Right. First, it's high skill. A lot of people aren't willing to even take a course. Exactly. And, and you know, I mean, I mean not, it's so easy, right? Like, you know, buy a course, watch it at home, wherever yeah. you are. Right. Just do the homework. You know, it's, it's not that hard, right? You don't have to fly out to, you know, uh, and, you know, spend four years in a university or something. Exactly. But even then, people are like, no, I'm not paying $1,000 for a course. Or I'm right. not paying $1,500, even though it might make you 10x or 100x that. Yeah. You know, or no, I'm not going to pay attention, you know, and, and spend two weeks learning it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just, I want to have the quick, easy thing. Yeah. I want uh, it for free. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I, I just want to watch one video on YouTube and have you tell me everything. Right. But that that's not how it works, exactly. right? You have to have that barrier of entry, both intellectual barrier of entry, mm -hmm. but also a physical barrier of entry. Yeah. So with Anton's style job shit, the reason I like it is you have to actually physically call suppliers, mm -hmm. develop a relationship, and convince them to make you an authorized dealer mm -hmm. for you to sell the products. Right. You have to register a legitimate business. You have to give them your EIN number, mm -hmm. your you know state sales tax ID number. Yeah. You have to actually go through the process of becoming a legitimate dealer. Yeah. Versus logging on to AliExpress or mm -hmm. eBay and selling crap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, you know, for you building brands, right? Like, mm -hmm. like in, if someone wanted to come in and start selling, you know, uh, uh, grass-fed type, you know, uh, like coffee, uh -huh. pre-packaged, you know, uh, coffee with grass-fed butter. Right. Can they just do it overnight? No, it's going to require a lot of finances. It's going to require um, a lot of education, understanding the industry. So, yeah, very high barrier to entry. Yeah, manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, relationships. So many things are required to actually launch something like that. Yeah, so like, like you're not gonna see some random dude just sitting in, in Bali, yeah. <laughs> like, right. okay, I'm just gonna knock this off, private label it from AliExpress. Exactly. There's no way they're gonna do it. Right. Yeah. So I like that. And then what was the third? Third one was um, no competition or incompetent competition. So that means you're gonna be the first one in that sector of your idea, or there's people there, but they're not doing a good job, and you can make it way better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And even with Grassford Coffee, you guys are actually the first. Uh, yeah, we all kind of like us, Bulletproof, and there was, like, I think there was one other brand that kind of came out around the same time. But yeah, I, I believe we started working on ours first, and then, but we all kind of just came out around the same time. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it took you guys a while to formulate it. Exactly. you were trying to get it really perfect. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was the main thing. We just wanted the best possible product, and we felt like we achieved it. And so it did take us a while to get that. Yeah, I remember. I remember actually when you first started working on the formulation uh -huh. that 
Dave didn't even come out with the the pre pre made bulletproof coffee yet. Right, exactly. And you know, I guess fortunately or unfortunately for you guys, he he came out just before you guys were ready to launch. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, there was very little competition. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're still the like we're still the only ones in the space. Us bulletproof, and I don't even know if the other ones are still around. But yeah, we're still the only ones in the space really. And so yeah, very minimal competition. Yeah, and what I like about it, so I'm actually friends with Dave Asprey, uh-huh. and you know, I I felt a little bit bad when you guys, you know, uh, were coming out with, with your product yeah. as well. Even though I'm not directly involved, sure. I'm not financially involved with it. Mm-hmm. But the same time, I was like, you know what? They don't have a product out yet, uh-huh. so there's a need in, in the industry. Yeah. If anything, you know, they can collaborate with you guys if you yeah, want. Yeah, and it, right? I mean, he's he his brand is great. He has a, he has tons of products. He he doesn't just do coffee. We just do strictly coffee, so we're able to really perfect that. Whereas he has a wide variety of products, supplements, and he he's not simply a coffee company. As that's what all we do is coffee. Yeah, I can see that. And also, I believe that a little bit of competition is good. Totally, Ex- especially if the competition. Is high quality mm-hmm. products because you're you're not you guys aren't trying to sell the cheapest product out there, right? right? Exactly. Like if they go to Whole Foods and they want to buy some grass fed coffee, how, how much is a a carton of it? Or yeah. So ours uh, for each each bottle you're spending uh, retail three ninety nine. So you're not trying to sell you know ninety nine cent like the cheapest quality you know crap out there exactly. with like cheap ingredients. Right. You're doing quality exactly, which allows you know the bulletproof brand to also sell for at least. Four dollars, exactly. if not higher. Right, and we're both just educating more people on the benefits of you know these quality fats. You know, yeah. So you know, you guys are spending time and effort on social media, but also you know in person mm-hmm. these pop up these pop ups and just educating people on the benefits of 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 butter coffee. Exactly. Yeah, and if, if any of you guys haven't ever tried it before, I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I drank, uh, you know, bulletproof coffee or butter coffee for so long is. It was the only way I was able to fast until lunchtime. Mm-hmm. I used to get like crazy headaches if I tried to skip breakfast. Yeah. So I would have to have, you know, a cereal, Something. Or a granola yeah. bar, <laughs> right. or, you know, even a big breakfast. Yeah. And the problem with it is it takes so much time when you when you wake up to make breakfast. Yeah. You know, to cook some eggs or you know, even if you make cereal, you gotta like clean up yeah, afterwards. That's a process. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, like what I was doing was I would just walk straight to the co-working space pun space uh-huh. i would have my coffee there i would use aeropress and then i would have some grass-fed butter uh, in the fridge luckily in thailand you can get a brand from new zealand called anchor which oh is really yeah that's good. a really good really butter. good one yep. and but then you know i would make it i'll blend it and then i would have that sustain me until lunch mm-hmm. so i wouldn't have my first meal until lunch yeah and if you guys don't know the the benefits of intermittent fasting there's so much of it right fat loss mental clarity mm-hmm. In fact, it's now 2 p.m. and here in LA, I haven't had my first meal yet, right? Because I've had two of these grass-fed coffees, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I feel great. You, yeah, it actually keeps keeps you full, satiated. Uh, you still get the um, you get the caffeine lift, but you also get the uh, the proper energy from the butter, the butter, and the MCT oil. and MCT oil. Yeah, so it's like it's really. I mean, when Dave Asprey discovered Bulletproof Coffee, like the whole concept of that, I mean, it was brilliant. These, like, it has a synergistic effect with the, the coffee, the butter, and the MCT oil. It just, it's just an excellent concept and idea. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit for coming up with that. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool that, you know, you're so, like, generous with giving the credit, too. Yeah. You're not just trying to hide it. 
Right. Yeah. No. He, I mean, he's a Dave Asprey is a genius and a pioneer, and I give him major props because I love his brand. I love everything he's doing, and yeah, I think he's just uh, just a spectacular guy. Yeah. So big sh- shout out to, to Dave because and the bulletproof, bulletproof line. So if you want to make your own at home, you can go to bulletproof.com. Yeah. You can buy some MCT oil. You can get the the the, the recipe there. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy all the other products as well. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, I mean, just go to the store. I mean, I'm sure you can buy both of the pre- pre-made ones at like Whole Foods. Yeah. And where, where else do you guys have yours? So right now we're in, uh, we're, we're currently just in uh, Southern California and Hawaii. But uh, in SoCal, we're in Erewhon, Bristol Farms, uh, Lazy Acres, Mothers, Jensen's, Lassen's, and Clark's Nutrition. Nice. And if they want to order, order online? Online, you can go to grassfedcoffee.com or you can also look us up on Amazon. Oh, dope. Okay. And actually, I've actually had Dave Asprey on this podcast uh-huh. on Travel Like a Boss, episode fifty-eight. So if you guys want to listen to that, listen to the backstory and how me and Dave Asprey met, uh, how I got to the bulletproof diet, how it changed my yeah. life, you can take a listen, episode fifty-eight. Awesome. Yeah, and if you want to hear more about how kind of uh, Sonic and I met, and also came up how he started his first business uh, in music, as well as. Grass-fed coffee. You can listen to episode nine, and then also episode one hundred and one. Yeah. So, I just want to wrap it up. I think that was, it's it's been a good update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> a lot of things happened. I think it was very inspirational for both of us to be able to have this taste of this luxury life of flying yeah. private. Uh, big thanks to JP, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, kind of big, big thanks to everyone who. In, and for you guys for listening because you guys are the you know the reason why we take this time to share this yeah so share this with someone who you know who might get inspired with it if you know someone who ever wants to fly private or if you want to challenge a friend to say let's make it a goal you know whether it's 2020 2021 2024 whatever it is and say yeah. i want to be able to to fly private and nowadays with the flexibility of things like net jacks mm-hmm you don't have to buy the whole plane and and store it. Exactly. You can do a quarter share, mm-hmm. which is actually what JP does. Right. Right. Yep. Like you know, he could buy the whole plane himself, yeah. but he's like, why would I do that and just have one plane mm-hmm. in one city when I can buy a quarter share? So you buy twenty five percent of a plane, mm-hmm. and you have the and you have the network of all the other jet owners, which first off is great networking. Yep. But then second, it's also you have the flexibility saying like, oh, today I I don't want to fly out of L A where my plane is. I want to fly out of San Francisco or Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I want to fly to New York or something like that. Yeah. That's a brilliant concept. Yeah. So shout out to NetJet yes. <laughs> out there. If you guys want to sponsor, sponsor me with a, with a jet, right. travel like a boss jet, <laughs> you guys are welcome to. No, but it, 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 seriously, it's a cool concept. It is. It, yeah. It's brilliant. And they also had NetJets uh, Europe now as well. Nice, man. Yeah. I think they're based out of Portugal, so you can fly out there. Mm-hmm. Dude, so it's, it's been fun having you on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so we're going to get ready for JP's birthday tonight. He's going to have a 1969, uh, 1960s or 1970s themed party. It's going to be dope. It's going to be lit. All right, uh, dude, bro, it's been been fun catching up. Yeah, Thanks definitely. for being on the show. And hopefully we'll see all of you guys up in the air somewhere yeah. private. Make sure you give this podcast a review on iTunes. If you want to spread the word, just go to iTunes, search for Travel Like a Boss podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, let everyone know how you found it and what you got out of it. Share this episode with your friends, and we'll see all of you guys next week. Till then, stay bossy. Travel like a boss, guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week, and remember, if you want to travel like a boss, 
opportunity to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.